0: Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to the Voice of Islam Science panel, uh, where we will be discussing how science and the natural world fits in with the teachings of Islam. Uh, my name is Adil Bhajo, I'm a practicing NHS surgeon, and I'm again delighted to be joined by uh, Anas Rana, who is a lecturer at the University of Birmingham Centre for Computational Biology. Assalamualaikum, alaikum, Anas. Welcome, And we have Naveed Malik, who holds a PhD in Physics, who is now in Education alaikum, Naveed. peace be upon you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for joining us again where we are discussing uh, various topics um, co- covering science and religion. And what I really want to get into in this episode is um, how does the study of science and natural phenomena get you closer to God? And to set the scene, I'm just going to we'll start talking about in in general, the topic of the fine extreme fine tuning of the universe. Now we will at another episode go into the technical details of this. Um, so I, I don't want to you know focus too much about the technicality. Um, but what for the benefits of the listeners, what extreme fine tuning of the universe refers to is a well known phenomenon regarding the laws of physics, where we find that a number of constants described in these laws need to be precisely the number that they are in order for life to exist. Now, a constant in any law is simply a number which quantifies the magnitude of the relationship described in the equation for that law. For a naturalist or an atheistic perspective, because there is no design in the universe, these constants are assumed to be random numbers. The constants are one from an almost infinite number of possibilities chosen by an unconscious random event with no apparent design or foresight. The problem for atheists is that when we look at the probability that these constants are values that allow for life to exist, the probability is diminishingly small. There is a minute range for these values that would permit life. You know, it's almost impossible um for life to exist unless these constants were finely tuned within you know a very extremely narrow range. And as an example, again without getting into too much technical detail, if you look at the law of gravity um, which describes the you know the, the attraction between two masses, um, the law of gravity is determined by the product of the two masses divided by the square of the distance between them and then multiplied, by a constant, the gravitational constant. Um, and if you look at the possible values for that constant, it, it is finely tuned to you know, various descriptions, but one is 1 in 10 to the power of 60. What that means is if that constant was slightly uh, weaker, then the universe would continue to expand and the stars and the solar systems could not form and life would not exist. And on the opposite end, if that gravitational constant was, you know, if gravity was slightly stronger, the universe would collapse on itself. And again, this, you would have no stars, you'd have no solar systems, and you'd have no life. So that gravitational constant has been finely tuned to this incredibly narrow range. There's, not, there's no tolerance here. Um, and this is one example of many uh, within the laws of um, physics. Um, Other examples include the cosmological constant, which refers to the expansion of the universe. There's constants relating to the early distribution of mass and energy. Another example is in the synthesis of carbon, which is essential for life. And again, without getting into too much technical detail about the chain of events, the energy levels or the resonance of the molecules that would require, um, that would, would need to be required for helium to 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 join three helium um, uh, atoms to join to form carbon is again highly finely tuned you know things seem to have been you know incredibly precise so you, so you're at, you're in, you're in this scenario where you have many examples of finely tuned events constants so when you put all all this together mathematically it would seemingly be impossible uh, if You know if if these constants were left to chance so let me turn to the panel and see tell you know put it to you when you look at this well-known example and the, the other example would be evolution but just if we just stick to this example when you see that everything seems to have been finely tuned where everything seems to have been designed with such precision what does that tell you about the universe what does that tell you about their, you know, of of there being a, a designer to this all. Okay, so Anus uh, is
1: pointed towards me. You take this one, uh, um So, uh, so on the face of it, um, I think uh, Adil, you've said um, what what the argument is, and and we do, of course, as you said, we're visiting this in a general sense. So it's good to formulate that uh, that that argument. That it, it seems that uh, the fundamental constants, uh, which describe the laws of physics, um, um, s- s- seem seem to be of um, such magnitude that it, it they, they are finely tuned to give life. And if they were just a little bit different, the conditions in the universe wouldn't be such to give to be able to give uh, genesis to life. Uh, and that that is the argument. I think. Uh, from from what I understand, and obviously I'm not um, a theoretical physicist or a particle physicist, uh, but th- there is consensus that there is um, th- there is a link between the two, and uh, explanations have been offered for it, and um, the um, the theologians um, uh, would offer an explanation that there seems to be a purpose behind the universe, which would slightly um, and actually it's not just theologians and certain uh, scientists as well has said that this needs looking into what is going on here. There does seem to be um, purpose here uh, because these are seemingly independent parameters uh, and why uh, they do th- why do they take on the values, which seem, to us at least, um, um, values which will give um, birth to life? And it seems like an v- extremely improbable event. Uh, and there are physicists who say that there is, this is a problem mm. to be solved, that this needs an explanation. And some would offer um, the existence of a designer the designer god uh, as an explanation. So we we do need to explore this, uh, and we'll go into this, um, and, and explore the counter arguments as well. So the con- counter arguments um, would come uh, from highlighting flaws in what we might call the anthropic principle, that um, there are, um, uh, perhaps there are uh, lots and lots of universes, perhaps even infinite, numbers of universes multiverses uh, mul- yeah absolutely multiverse
2: so as you can see but we're that's going a mathematical construct rather than one that we can physically explore
1: absolutely so hence hence that's why I'm yeah. saying like perhaps there are so there are um, you know but from but the mathematics ju- uh, it, it comes out
2: just to say sorry, sorry it, to if, if I may finish yeah, that please, argument I, um,
1: and I'm not um, saying that that is necessarily mm. the correct uh, argument or not I'm sort of laying out Mm. the the foundations here and the anthropic principle being that it because we happen to live in a universe mm. which happens to have by chance given birth to life from our point of view mm. um, it appears that our universe is very special and yes that, so there must be um, a design behind it uh, but if it so happens and Anas is absolutely right. There's no evidence. There's no scientific evidence for existence of universes outside our own. Um, uh, but um, if if it so happens that there are lots and lots of other universes, hmm. uh, then that would offer a possible explanation for the
2: apparent fine-tuning of the universe. So that's the lay of the land. Um, Just to add very, very... Sh- Briefly, a couple of things to that, Naveed. Mm, Um, Firstly, to this final point you made about the um, um, about the multiverse idea. I'm always hesitant to look. And now we're not talking about maybe even anything to do with the podcast series, but more about the philosophy of science and and thinking back in my uh, uh, at my undergrad times and how, how I think about physics. I'm very hesitant to look at a theory that is complete, entirely a mathematical co- construct that does not offer any way to validate it at the moment um, as a way of explaining away maybe uncomfortable truths, as it were, for some mm-hmm. scientists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, because the space of possible mathematical explanations of a phenomena is a lot larger than the space of accurate or truthful representations of that uh, phenomena. So all that being said, I think one one idea that I would like to grab out of it that for me is really key here, that even if you manage to find a scientific explanation why the universe is fine-tuned, I don't think that takes away from it being created or the beauty of it being created in that way, because I do not prescribe to this idea of God of the gaps, Mm. that as soon as we've explained something scientifically, it takes away from it being created. It takes away from it having uh, or indicating or highlighting that there is a creator. I genuinely think that the beauty of it is there no matter what no matter you know the the beauty of uh, our understanding of gravity is amazing and mm. it just just seeing that just mm. seeing that theory just seeing how the universe works from our limited understanding does not take away from the fact that i at least i yeah. feel that so uh, are you um very good um
1: uh, and by the way, uh, I, I hope it is clear. I'm kind of laying out the land here. I'm no, not no, giving no. away my cards <laughs> at the moment. Because I think, Adil, as you said, um, let's revisit this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we, we can, you know, and we go. Because there's a really exciting and interesting story here and yeah. a discovery of science here as well. But um, we, we seem to be going more and more in depth, but I can't resist this myself. <laughs> but Anas, are you then saying that, um, from what I understand, that, let's say there is, uh, we discover, so let's say we discover some kind of hidden parameter, right? Um, which uh, from the Big Bang was fixed somehow, yeah. which somehow connected all these other cosmological constants. So some sort of grand unified uh, theory. Uh, uh, grand unified theory, you might we'll no point to it. But yeah. but let's say it, from, from the point of view of scientific study, hmm. um, it... Um, it, it took away this aspect that there was these independent parameters mm. which seemed to uh, converge towards a val- towards independent values, but they weren't really independent from the point of view of giving life. Mm. But actually, there was a reason for that. That actually was a very, very simple, let's say, uh, explanation. That you know. It, uh, at 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 the point of big bang things could have fallen you know so you, you, you I, could have, you I the die could have fallen right. in in so many ways it so happened it fell one way yeah. and that fixed the parameters so are you saying that when that happens that doesn't necessarily take away from the potential power of um this fine tuning theory or are you saying that actually you that is not really a big argument in itself and you are prescribing anyways to the beauty of the universe as you perceive it yeah. because so that's those are two very different things
2: those are two very different things the second part definitely is one of the core ideas that i think the way i think about perception of God and how, as a scientist, you see so many different signs. But I think one key thing from from the way you phrase it, maybe, uh, Adil, we keep we keep going deeper and deeper into yeah. this, even though we started saying we're just going to do an <laughs> overview. But let me just finish on that point, at least from my side, to answer you, Naveed. In, I think it is, the the key thing here is the wording that you used is, mm. That there will be a simple theory that that explains a simple, uh, you know, a simple uh, parameter that uh, a sort of higher level parameter, as it were, that explains away these particular parameters lying in the range that they do. Mm. Where I would see that, uh, I I almost hope that it will be something like that. I almost wish that this will be, there will be an explanation that we'll find. In fact, I do believe when we spoke in our last program, we talked about, you know, the layers of the onion, we keep yeah. peeling, we find more mm. truths. That's how I perceive that, that yes, there there might be, and I don't think it's simple. That's the key thing. I think is it's a highly complex, the more we understand, the more knowledge we gain. For me, it does not take, away from the overall design of the universe just but doesn't doesn't i mean f- physics is about
1: how how shall we put it um conceptual simplicity so of course the yes. and and this is this yes. is this is the journey in physics isn't yes. it that um, you know, we saw uh, light being a different phenomena from yes. magnetism and electricity, yes. but actually it's all electromagnetism. Yes. It was unified in simple, relatively simple equations, which hide a lot, yeah. uh, but uh, Maxwell's equations and so on. So it, 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 it is, that, and that's the holy grail of physics. But what I'm trying to get to is um, fine-tuning um, purports that there is an agency involved there right, which is beyond what you might be able to, uh, uh, but not fine-tuning in itself, but people uh, who use fine-tuning as evidence for the existence of God, right? Right. So they purport that there is, it hints towards, or very strongly hints towards Hmm. a a design which cannot be explained um, uh, by just laws of physics. So for example, a very very simplistic example would be um, you know the, the gravity example. So you know if I pick up a pen and I let go and it falls down um, would you know and and we know that law is very well it can be understood in relatively simple terms. We know this occurs on all the planets, but would you say that is evidence of God? Would we be able to say that right? So let's say there is a very uh, a very clear scientific explanation for the mm. fine-tuning—that why it occurred, it did. And perhaps we do discover multiverses. We go all out. Yeah. We've got Marvel universe happening yeah. and all of that. Okay, so we've discovered or, or, or all any, of this,
2: or any other universe of your choice, oh, or universe <laughs> of your
1: choice. And you know, we've seen this in yeah. in, in you know fiction so so yeah. many times. Um, uh, and um, and and so that, would that take away from? Um, the power of that initial argument
2: that fine-tuning uh, supports the idea think of a designer. So. I don't think so. Because I think even the gravity example that you gave, yes, in the simplest form, you drop a pen and yeah. it lands in the direct, or it flies rather in the direction of the, the wherever the force of gravity points. Yeah. In its simplest form, the laws of gravity are very simple. But Um, you start talking about the three-body problem and you've already hit a very, uh, very difficult problem in physics Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we cannot describe three bodies in motion indefinitely in time. Yes. So the laws of gravity already in the simplest form in the Newtonian understanding of gravity already hint towards a very complex Yeah. So in its
1: application, in its interaction, and that's what I mean. And and I I agree. But what I'm trying to get to is, and which I don't, um, I'm I'm, uh, i quite understand is, do you do do you think fine tuning, in its current form, as it's proposed by uh, people um, who who say that it's evidence of the existence of God, is there weight to that argument?
0: Well, even, I mean, just, just draw it back a little bit. We're getting <laughs> deeper and deeper into physics, which as a non-physicist is, you know, a bit more concerning. But, okay, so let's, there could be an exa- there could be an explanation for this. Maybe there's a grand unified theory. Maybe there's multiverse. But mm. we, this just goes back to the onions, onion mm. situation. Okay, so if there's multiverses. Then wouldn't, that would raise more questions. How did the multiverses come about? How, you know, maybe they were f- finely tuned if absolutely. there's a grind, if there's a grand unified some sort of theory absolutely. that links all but, these things
1: together, absolutely. So that's where we have to be um, careful, I think, as well, because um, I mean, and again, I'm not giving my cards away because I'm waiting for the episode, <laughs> right? So I'm not giving my am not giving my master plan away. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, that could be with any phenomena. So uh, are we propose, If we propose so the, this, as, the question
0: is: Are we getting? Are you, do you get closer to an answer? The more oh, you learn answer about to, answer to what, as into why things are the way they are. Like the more you we learn about laws, the more you learn about you know gravitational constants. Is mm-hmm. the appealing? The so ant- are they just more layers? There, they, they are
2: more layers, and I if think there look, is a verse of the Holy Quran that hints towards that. Yes, um, and the verse I'm referring to is the one where Allah Ta'ala talks about that. Uh, look again look again see let me thou just read fruit. that verse oh, I just you've read, got uh, it chapter yes.
0: 67 blessed is he in whose hand is the kingdom and he has power over all things who has created death and life that he might try you which of you is best in deeds and he is the mighty the most forgiving who has created seven heavens in harmony no incongruity canst thou see in the creation of the, the gracious god then look again seest thou any flaw and then look again, and yet again, thy sight, thy sight will only return to thee, confused and fatigued.
2: And I think that, that, that is key here. And this is, you know, w- when we were discussing earlier, Naveed, then we will pick it up in a future mm, episode. Mm, but yeah. th- this is key for me that the Quran is hinting towards that we can't keep looking. We mm. can't keep finding more answers. We will yeah. only add to the number of questions that we have. And that's what I see. Every time we peel away, we keep using the yeah. metaphor of the onion. Peel away a layer, we keep coming to new questions. We keep increasing, uh, we keep increasing our knowledge, while at the same time adding questions to that knowledge. And I, I can't prove it because this is one of those things that would be impossible to prove. But I genuinely just looking at the history of science, how it's developed, how it is still developing at the moment. I don't think, and that verse to me yep. is uh, 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 really hits me that this is what how it will always be. We can keep studying the science, the, the universe, uh, everything around us for thousands of years, and we will still have open questions. For
0: those who are looking for an answer outside, you know, what we would say, the creation of God, then, or design, they all come back fatigued yeah. and tired. Yeah. Um, I mean, this go this does sort of just slightly just move on slightly. This go if you look at something called scientific materialism, there was a time where people, you know, atheists, they're all, they're on this holy grail, thinking that you know physics and the natural world could explain everything. You know, in the words of the late Carl Sagan, who's an American astronomer, the cosmos is all that is. Or ever was or ever will be there was a time where you know a lot of people thought that by just describing the universe knowing the laws you it's you could explain everything everything could be explained through the laws of physics through mass and energy but as we you know as we've been discuss discussing the more you look into physics the more questions get raised and it's not just in the in physics I would you know talk about evolution as well in the same in the same in the same format really the more you go into evolution you know the more questions get raised i mean there was a, at the time of um darwin you know their concept of the cell was that the the, the cell was just made out of protoplasm some sort of jelly-like material but you know, as time has gone and we've realized that actually within the cell you know, there's the extraordinary depth and there's you know machinery and complexity. Uh, so it seems to be that what we learn from the natural world is that the more you go into it, you know, the more layers there are, and we we don't seem to be getting closer to this grand unified theory. So if we look at it from our perspective, for as practicing Muslims, what do you think? Is God trying to tell us something by, you know, by by even this example of fine tuning? And clearly, we, we've discussed verses in the Holy Quran that says, "Look at creation, look at the cosmos. There are signs." So, what is the sign you think that we, you know, that we are supposed to get from discover, you know, from this study even of the fine tuning? Is God trying to say that you know how ordered things are, or you know how uh, how you know, things are unlikely without design. What, what do you think and what is the limit, really? We, we discussed this in the last episode as well. I mean, you know, if God wanted to be discovered in a sort of manifest way, then, you know, the, maybe there would I, be a grand unified theory. Maybe I, just, yeah.
2: I, 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 so for me personally, looking at this, there, I, I think for someone who studies science, very carefully, very consciously, there are signs to say that there might be a God. Mm. There might be. Yes. But then you have to go and find him. And crucially, this is not the only way to find God. In fact, the majority of people probably find God in other ways. This is just for those who got an inclination towards science. So I, I genuinely think that for every person if they want to, in the, if they with an open heart look for God, no matter what area of life they look towards, they will find signs. As a scientist, these are signs for me. These are signs that so started me as a young person. I I wasn't a scientist then. I was just a s- student. That started me thinking down this route that does God exist? Yeah. There seem to be hints that he does. So, How it's, do I it's, find so him? it's
0: evidence, but yes. it's not proof? Is it's not proof, it's not
2: proof because there can't be proof, as we discussed previously, proof would be if God manifests himself before you. But that is not going to happen. So there will never be complete proof that a uh, complete proof in, in the sense that
0: through just observation, observational
2: proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean,
1: I just it depends what you mean by observation, yeah. um, uh, as well. So I think, um, and we've arrived at this. I think at the previous episode as well, mm. that it's um, it. We might the the people who study the universe, and this could be people uh, not necessarily scientists. Be uh, people, so you know, scientists don't have a monopoly on observing the universe or human behavior and how things work. Uh, but um, people would find uh, hints that, oh, you know, this seems like there is a direction here. Mm-hmm. It seems like there is um, a, a painter for the painting. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can maybe see, uh, I, I can see purpose here. Uh, and maybe there is a God. If This is pointing towards God. Maybe th- there is a probability being a god or a high probability of being a god um, and, um, and and that's all what science can do for you um, um, ultimately um, um, however uh, c- certainty is offered by the Holy Quran hmm. and that is through different means and that's different through rev- yeah. revelation so just before
0: we go on to what those different means are let me just draw your attention to this following quote uh, from founder of the amdiya muslim community husband muzulam ahmed who was born in 1835 and who passed away in 1908 so i mean i'm just giving you the context this is the founder of a religious community he he claimed to be the promised messiah he claimed to be a prophet you know you know a prophet in this contemporary age um and you know so that's you know gives you some sort of context of 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 what he's trying to say and then in the time he's trying to say. So this is the quote. Faith demands belief in certain matters which are still unseen to some degree. That is to say they are still in a condition which is not established fully by reason nor has it been perceived through spiritual vision, but it is accepted on the basis of probability. So I don't know what you think of that. When I read that I was thinking this is exactly what you get from studying science you know these are signs it's not proof but it's telling you something is going on you can't ignore it you can't prove it but you it moves you on yeah. to say look something you, you know I've got to do something about this and this is you know leads you then to what we were Navid just mentioned those pathways to god where you get that certainty um so we're not saying We're not saying that you can't get to that certainty, but perhaps we are in agreement that that certainty cannot be achieved simply by studying science. No, and I think that's the key point here. At the end of the day,
2: spirituality is required, spiritual truths are required to get certainty in God. And I think that's scientific methodology will give you hints that this is what you need to look for and uh once you if you want to then make that next step you need to go and search spiritually for god and that's how you will find him that's how you will get certainty for the existence of
0: God. and just to go on i mean there's a follow-up quote that the promise messiah makes the perfect certainties which the philosophers sought to achieve and failed have not only been achieved with utmost ease by the faithful ones but they have reached the stage of that perfect understanding, which has not been heard or seen or conceived by any philosopher, so I mean the timing of the promised Messiah is key. I mean he's come after the Enlightenment, after the you know so much advance in science. You know he came at for the, you know at a time in history where human beings could you know understand science, but also understand the history of humankind. You know, history is a contemporary phenomenon, isn't it? Mm. If you think, if you go back to the times of the Romans, they couldn't look back in time and see, you know, what the Egyptians are doing or what the, you know, the Israelites are doing, because that, that that knowledge wasn't there. This is the era of knowledge, not only of history but obviously of science. And what he's, I think, alluding to in in that quote is that there was a search by scientists, a search by philosophers for God, and they thought they could find God simply by using reason and when they couldn't get there by reason and observation they said god doesn't exist is that i mean what do you think naveed yeah i, th- I st- think there's not much which needs to be said um about that
1: i think uh, you know reason can guide uh, maybe can can help um can again it's it, but but only up to a level of inference Um um because the as discussed again in the last episode um we the, the god never claimed to be um um a, an entity which which is observable through physical f- uh, physical arguments physical phenomena physical um, um um and not just physical through just simple uh, because study of science is based on rational arguments. You see this, therefore you you observe this, therefore that must be there. And I suppose philosophy is different, but philosophy is still limited to, in terms of the human mind applying whatever principles it can perceive and then looking at where they go. Uh, God is beyond that. Uh, God is far too And that refined.
0: makes logical sense as well. If God is the creator of the universe, he, he wouldn't imprison himself within his own creation you wouldn't expect that would you you know from a wise creator uh,
1: I think um, that that needs more thought I think of of course God cannot be confined to within the universe um, um, if if uh, you know God created the universe he has to be beyond it and, and so on and perhaps beyond the laws of rationality mm. and 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 so on um, but I think th- I think the key point, and um, this is what the promised Messiah was saying, that uh, people were, there came a time, and there still is a kind of time where we, where humanity became, or parts of humanity became, too arrogant in that sense. Mm. We thought that actually the mind is enough. We thought our intellect is enough mm. uh, to reach to the absolute. Um, truths, the fundamental truths of our universe, to peer behind the whale. Uh, there are plenty of examples, and the most profound being Newton himself mm. which um, and i'm not i'm not referring to any religious arguments here I'm just referring to simple scientific arguments because mm. before Newton, um, there was this idea um, that the universe worked in such a way that we will be able to decipher each and every cog of the universe and understand it um, in its entirety as if the universe worked in a sense like clockwork. And Newton, through his works, in fact, realized that this was a folly. He understood that we can only apply theories and models which can give partial um ideas about the workings of the universe we cannot know the universe in its uh, all it, in all its complexity it, it, we will never get to a point where we'll be able to describe mm-hmm. and predict every action of the universe we can use theories and models represented uh, by equations by mathematics which form uh, which perform as lenses through which we can observe universe and this is very clear that this um, th- th- there was a big big endeavor a venture by the scientists and the philosophers and the mathematicians because there's a great revolution in mathematics before and during the time of newton as well that actually that we are going to get we're going to understand the universe and we're going to understand every cog because our mathematics is powerful enough and newton realized that uh, you can't He described his own, as far as I'm aware, I think he himself described his own law of gravitation, that it doesn't help, it doesn't say what gravity is. It doesn't explain it. It it doesn't doesn't explain explain
0: why Why do you have this relationship? What's sustaining it? Um, I mean, there's no more Absolutely.
1: And that idea, and we don't, in science, I think, in contemporary science, talk about that dichotomy. That's a historical event which took place where we abandoned within science. I'm not even touching religion here. Within science, we abandoned this venture and this endeavor, this project we had about uh, understanding um, the universe in its entirety in in a very physical, materialistic way. We had to abandon that and choose theories and models and mathematics to extract some truths about the universe. so, y- when we come to thinking about God and and the universe, I don't think it's a massive jump for us to actually say that actually science is not enough and should should never be,
0: uh, all, well, uh, you know should never be. How how could it be? I mean, just to go into that a bit deeper. I mean, the laws of physics, for instance, you know, it, it tells you nothing about why why the laws exist. Is it? you're just observing, aren't you? You you know, all Newton has observed, he's come up with a model, but there's no explanation of why gravity, you know, why, why this relationship needs to exist, you know, at,
2: at the end of the day, mathematics is just a language we use to describe what we observe.
0: That's all it that yeah. is. Yeah. And there's no more depth to that, is there?
2: No. No, not to say, and again, you know, it's it's all in a way connected. Not to say that it doesn't hint towards, and even just the fact that we are able to use mathematics, which is based fundamentally on a very basic idea that you can, um, you know, you can add things, you can uh, describe things by numbers, etc. Based on that very simple idea, we are able to extract very complex relationships and describe them with mathematical formulae. That in itself, for me, is a huge sign that there is something behind all all of this that we're observing.
0: And the interesting thing is we do believe in it, don't we? We believe in the laws of physics. You know, we don't don't all of us we disagree with me. For instance, we wouldn't believe that the law of gravity can be broken. But the question is, you know, even that is. There's something about that, isn't it? There? There's something about our belief in these laws, which make us, you know, almost to a level of certainty, believe that they cannot be broken. I'm not quite sure where that comes from. Well, it's our observation. Um, observations, it? yeah. Yeah. So, but we've not, you going... know, we've not observed. We've observed gravity, um, you know, a minute proportion of all, you know. Of the you end, know, you look at the times of history. You know gravity has been going on for for you know for eternity we've not observed every mass, two masses mm. you know for since the beginning of time you know there's all you know but we still believe in it, don't we yeah. but anyway, that's a slight segue let's let's go back to what we were dis- discussing earlier the you know the pathway to god so we've we've sort of come to some sort of conclusion that you know that pathway to certainty isn't going to be found through science uh on its own. You know, it will point you in that in the direction. It, you know, it gives you a sign that something's going on. So then, let let me put it to you, to you too. What is that? What is that spiritual pathway to God? How is? I mean, how is it? Is it described? You know, what are the rules and regulations? What 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 is that pathway? And can you get to certainty? Can you prove within yourself? You know, as an individual, that God exists.
2: Yes, and sorry very short answer i will elaborate uh, i i think yes you can and in fact that is what islam teaches us again like islam teaches us to look at the universe islam also teaches us how we can get closer to god we need to use the tools that are pertaining to the spiritual world yes. prayer yeah. that's one of the fundamental reasons uh, uh, sorry, fundamental pr- uh, ways of reaching God. We need and once you pray, it's not going to be immediate. It's not going to be any it, it's again. This is this is the one difference between uh, one important difference between spirituality and science mm. spiritually, because we are all different people, we will experience God in different ways what defines certainty in the existence of God for me personally might not for you, might not for Naveed. All of us will find different routes, different directions of reaching God but
0: there are routes for all of us. So I mean just being trying to be a bit more specific so how would prayer get you to certainty? And you know not necessarily asking you to talk from personal experience but from any you know spiritual person's experience, you know how would you know praying to God get you to a point where you know that God for certain exists?
1: Well, your prayers will be answered.
0: Yeah. Coincidence?
1: I think they will be answered. Uh, I, I, I it's it's this is a difficult discussion in a sense because. Um. um and perhaps we need to expand it. Uh, what, what, why it is a difficult discussion is because, in terms that we are talking about personal acceptance of mm-hmm. prayer, uh, and so on, from an objective point of view, it's hard to, it's impossible to peer into the other person's point of view and their heart and their biases or lack of biases, mm-hmm. to actually, from an objective point of view, um, um, ascertain. That that's you know that one hundred percent this person's prayer was offered because we wouldn't know
0: you wouldn't know how hard that person has prayed what sincerity they have in absolutely. their... In their or, or
1: what their initial conditions were yeah. what
0: the likelihood of yeah. that thing they asked
1: for that uh, disease to be cured and we, the manner, we, we wouldn't and know. in the manner the prayer would absolutely. be
0: answered you know the strength of it the, you know the conditions of of you know absolutely
1: I I think the very very simple answer. And it in it, it is a answer which is very directly given by God himself in the Holy Quran. Yep. Um where um God is talking to Prophet, um Prophet uh, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, um, that if they ask you about me mm. um uh, I, I'm going to do two translations of this. So the mm-hmm. first translation is often how it's translated. So mm-hmm. if they ask you about me, mm-hmm. um, say I am, and, 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 and I'm, I might be slightly kind of missing out one or two words, mm-hmm. but say, say I am near mm-hmm. uh, and call upon me. I will answer. Okay.
0: Pray to me. I will hear you. That's
1: yeah. Ca- call upon me. Yeah. yeah. And, and how, however, if you look at the Arabic, the word say, is not there and the um holy the, the wording of the Quran uh changes the the person uh, what what happens is the first part of the verse is speaking to the the holy prophet peace be upon him that if if say if they ask you about me and it's as if then god directly refers to the reader directly refers to every human being who might be reading that book, says, so "Call upon me; I am near, and I will answer." Yeah. It's a very, very inspirational and strong verse of the Holy Quran. Um, and that is the simplest answer, without any other rational, intellectual construct. Yeah. God is saying, "Be sincere. Look for me. Call upon me." Don't be biased. Mm. Forget your prejudices behind. Um, don't, um, uh, d- don't be arrogant. Yep. If you happen to be born to a certain tradition of thinking or religion or culture, leave that behind. Then look for me, call upon me and I will answer. And that, that is the challenge to every human being.
2: And and know, I'm I'm not and sure that of, comes back yeah. right to the beginning of, you know, this current series of the program that we started, that you need to approach God in a righteous manner. Like you said, Naveed, without any biases, without thinking about. Absolutely. And and I think it's
1: good Anas, to define what righteous actually means. Yes, and I'll, 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 I'll leave it to you, <laughs> yeah, or you. You leave it to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or, or I... If you want to,
1: yeah, and I, I think, th- and this is what it says in the Holy Quran, isn't it? It's guidance for the righteous, and I think it's really important f- for our, uh, that we convey this sense to our listeners because sometimes we can talk about religious language as if it's some kind of like very different lingo, right? Righteousness and so on. People think immediately think, yeah, what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything for it's me. Wishy washy, isn't it? It's wishy washy. It's um, dogmatic. Uh, yeah. You're, you're judging. When you look at the Arabic and this is the beauty of the Hulu Quran, look at the Arabic taqwa, right? Uh, that's the word used for, for righteousness. It's it's uh, there's several meanings to it, but fundamentally when it's used in these contexts, it it means someone who recognizes the truth, speaks yeah. the truth, puts themselves at risks and calls it out mm-hmm. and forgets their whatever uh biases they might have, whatever they might be invested in. Uh, but they, they will recognize the truth and call it out. And then that is the truth.
2: That's you know, and that is I mean, I mean again, I, I keep trying to maybe maybe it's just me. But the, these are the links that are really important to realize because that unless you unless you perform science in this way, like mm-hmm. Naveed outlined, mm-hmm. like Islam tells us to look for God in a righteous manner. That's exactly how we as scientists perform our research absolutely. and if you don't do that you get wrong answers you get uh, um, you know you get biased answers or the rest A- of absolutely. it
1: absolutely and i think this has to be valid. this is where science and religion yeah. that those deep ideas we were talking about come completely together yes. and we see the clear link the reason that um in 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 recent modern times um the, the, what we call the Western civilization, has excelled in science and technology is because they were righteous. Those scientists were righteous. And that's the definition. They saw, Galileo saw, that there were moons around Jupiter. And he said, hey, mm-hmm. we've thought about our universe and our solar system as a um, geocentric Um, uh, uh, solar system and universe but I see these things which look like moon not orbiting the earth they're orbiting this other body this other planet he called it out and put himself at risk that is righteousness you observe you you see a spade you call it a spade and I think that has to apply to scientists today as well because when they see phenomena Mm. we might hint towards the fine tuning of the universe. Instead of saying that okay, there can't be a god. There's no way there can't be a god. Let's desperately mm. find an explanation mm. for it. Mm. Okay, let's talk about multiverse. Yes, the mathematics points to it as well. It's an interesting discussion. Mm. But let's let they, they can't be. They also need to call a spade a spade. That there are hints in the universe about design and purpose. Uh, and let's step back and let's have humility and let's be righteous and think about this.
0: So the only way, you know, bringing this all together, the only way that the spiritual laws, the physical laws, you know, make sense is in this grand unified theory that God exists. And there's, you know, and, you know, this is the teachings of Islam. And I'm just going to go back. I don't know if this was the verse that you were quoting, Naveed. This is chapter 60, verse 41. And your Lord says, pray unto me, I will answer your prayer. But those who are too proud to worship me... Will surely enter hell despised. So that, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a different verse, a but, diff- but same subject, same subject. So, yeah. I mean, let's try and put that into some sort of scientific construct. God is saying, If you pray, I will answer your prayers. I mean, can, in the same way, you have laws of physics, is this not a spiritual law yeah. that if you pray without arrogance, without arrogance, and that's the caveat, yeah, then the law will be fulfilled and it'll be fulfilled every time just like, you know, the law of gravity is fulfilled every time. And
2: it's a strong caveat, right? Yeah. It, it, it's important to remember. And it's not only a strong caveat, but it is a caveat that I can't tell whether you are doing yep. this and you can't tell whether I'm doing this. It's
0: only only going to be observable by the person who's yeah. making the effort. Yeah.
2: And maybe, I feel often that this is one of the reasons why for some it is very hard to accept when a prayer is not answered or when a prayer um, um, uh, or or even take that step. That's what I should really say. Mm. Taking that step is what is hard, Mm. because as a scientist, maybe uh, often a lot of things are in our hand. We are controlling the variables, we are doing this, but this is a little bit harder. You're almost giving control away, mm. and I feel like that's yeah. a, a difficult step to take yeah. when
1: um yeah, and one thing I will also add actually is that there is a danger perhaps here in a saying that um that actually that so so personal prayer and personal calling out. Uh, to god as we've discussed is what of, of course that's the final step because they uh, what what the holy quran teaches us that there is a uh, a god which is the creator of the universe but it's also a personal god mm. uh, and someone and and that certainty comes with a relationship and that requires work and development and so on however um be, uh, it should not be thought that uh, there are not objective evidences for the existence of God Yes, we talked about inferential evidence coming from science in the universe, but there's Revelation directly from God such as the Holy
0: Quran So it's not um, just we're not just you know, it's not just answering your prayers this you know when when you pray to God It's not just going to be that you know, you are asked for something and it happens. Yep. There's a ne- there's different layers, isn't there? There's the, different layers. There's different layers. They, they are
1: manifest guidelines. Yep. They manifest evidences. So the existence of prophets is is a sign. So these are signs and, and the word sign, ayah in the Quran is used for a purpose. They guide you. They, they're objective signs. There's a big arrow pointing that way. G- that, that there is something there. Start walking that way. Mm. Uh, but you have to take those steps and so on but those signs are objective so there are signs in the quran which if a objective person meaning a righteous person yes. th- th- um, would study they would see that as a sign that's mm-hmm. what the quran is saying it's not just that and what i wanted to avoid was this sense of, go- of us kind of going away or our, our listeners going mm-hmm. go away with that it's all personal subjective and you know and there is nothing absolutely not mm. read the holy quran yeah. and read it with a cl- clear and open heart uh, and and you we will see you will see there are um, verses the quran which are irrefutable in in many ways uh that there is something there and w- start walking that way
2: in the same way that if you're a scientist you need to follow s- you know the commonly accepted scientific principles to perform studies to study the observable universe. I feel like it's very similar, isn't it? That you are given some rules, you follow them, and that's the that's the signposting that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, and I I I think there were wo- there will be differences which we need to tease oh, yeah, out because yeah. there's, there's some you know, and I think we will only suppose, I suppose we'll get to it by talking about these things. But there are the there are different levels of the Holy Quran and different levels of revelation. And, and just just because yeah. we're
0: running out of time, just got yeah. a couple of minutes left. When we talk about revelation, what do you mean by that? Are we talking about supernatural events? You know what? What is you yeah. know you know how would you describe it as scientific? I, I will throw that back at
1: you, yeah. um, <laughs> deal And so what what do you mean by supernatural event?
0: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what I take yeah. re- Revelation to mean, I mean, we have within us, you know, mechanisms that allow us to re- receive information. Like and a simple example would be is w- when you when you dream, mm. you know, there's events that are happening mm. and it's, you know, you know. Yeah. And yep. If, if God wanted to talk to human beings, I couldn't think of any more. You know, this would be a most elegant mm. mechanism, you know. You know, when you're dreaming, you're listening. Information, you know, you get information is coming. Now, w- we don't know where that information is coming from. People would say it's just it's just within your subconsciousness, but even the consciousness isn't defined. You know, these are areas that we have al- almost no knowledge. So, you know, you can't say it's breaking the law of nature for when you're dreaming to get information, which sub- subsequently, you know, is beyond yeah. your, con- you know, w- w- you know, information that you couldn't know yourself. Or would you disagree? Or do you think it's something... I mean, you're not breaking laws of physics, are you? In well, I, I Or think seeing a so, vision so, or so, having some sort of, you know, yeah. a, a medic would call it hallucination. When you're yeah. hallucinating, you're seeing things, but you know, things aren't yeah. physically there. So I, I think, uh, and I,
1: I hope we've established that yeah. in our previous conversations, that there is no such thing as breaking the laws of nature. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all part of the same universe, and it uh, it works at different resolutions, yes. and there are certain aspects which we will never ever be able to perceive. And I think it should be understood by us as as scientists and scientists that there are certain things we might never understand. There's absolutely no reason why the universe, in its entirety, should be comprehensible to us. In in every single aspect, mm. I mean, you know, there are other examples like when we talk about free will and development of language and and so on. There are aspects of that which are we can't define. So, uh, but the the I, th- I think a, a very to, uh, easy way to describe it is is communication from God. Yeah. yeah, right, and that could appear through different means.
0: Different means. Well. I- on that note I think we'll, we can draw this discussion to a close thank you for joining me we'll be back um, I think you know there's other episodes we want to do looking into these different areas but thank you for joining joining me today thank you listeners for listening and join us again soon Asalaamu Alaikum Peace Peace be upon you